You're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Uh, we kind of explored it this morning. The world, the truth is actually on trial. The world is attacking truth in this very moment. Our culture, society, it's out to get truth. And so we're going to talk about truth um, tonight. And this morning, just to give you a bit of a catch-up if you weren't here. If you weren't here, we've got podcasts on Apple Podcasts, or you can go to SoundCloud, listen to this morning's message. We also streamed it live on Facebook, and you can replay that. But um, Dad shared the message. The title was Truth on Trial, and we were talking about how Jesus came to testify to truth. Everybody say truth. Jesus came to testify to truth. Jesus is the keeper of truth, the witness to truth. And um, I want to read something quickly that Dad read this morning as well. In John chapter 8, uh, verse 31, John chapter 8, verse 31, it says, uh, To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, and you're re- you are really my disciples, if you hold to my teaching, then you are my disciples. Today, in this age, there are so many people that call themselves Christians. You check out the stats. Some people say it's declining, but it's still a large portion of the world. I believe it's like a third of the world that claim to be Christians. The world would look very different if a third of the world really followed Christ. If we laid down our life and we did as Jesus said. There's a whole lot that Jesus had to say in this word. And so this morning we explored a little bit about the importance of truth and what truth is. And tonight I want to give you some guiding truth, a couple of truths that for me have changed and shifted my life and the way that I live. So if you want to journey with me, I'm excited to share some of that. When I was in high school, I had a lot of friends, but some of them were a bit mean. And um, in high school, you had to use to, um, you came to school in your uniform, you know, Toon Gabby etiquette, you know, I'm from, I'm from the Western suburbs and we still like to, you know, seem a little bit, you know, I don't know. Um, so we, we went to school in our blazers and all of that sort of stuff and you got changed into your sports uniform at school. And so we brought our clothes to school and all of that sort of stuff and, um, you know, you got all the, the change room banter that goes on and everyone's looking at each other's abs or lack thereof and um, it's amazing to checking out each other's boxes and it's a bit weird. But um, what we would do is we'd change our pants and then you have to like, you know, once you finish sports, you put your pants back on, you put your belt on. And the thing is, if you didn't put your belt on, the boys would be so quick to do something, they would dack you. Do you know what dacking is? So... What, what used to happen when I was young, I don't know if it still happens, is if you didn't wear a belt, people would come and take that vulnerability and they would dack you. So they'd pull you, you'd grab the sides of your pants. You can do it maybe, no, no, don't do it. I do not endorse this. But um, try it like maybe with your family at home. But grab, you grab the side of their pants and you, you pull them down and they're fully exposed, obviously underwear covering and all that. And, um, and so what's, what's, yeah, so... What happened to me one time is I was not wearing a belt, I had not fully gotten dressed, I got dacked, and the boys ran out of the change room with my pants. No one wants to, huh? Uh, they, trust me, they're so rough. They pull you, they tackle you, it's fun. Anyway, it's, it's, all, it's, all, it's all fun and games. It's all fun and games until you get caught with your pants down, amen? And the title of my message tonight is The Belt of Truth. Now, truth, truth keeps you from being found with your pants down. Amen? Truth keeps us together. Truth, the belt of truth, it's actually the first item found in the inventory of God's armor. It lists that God's like, this is the belt of truth, and you've got you know, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the helmet of salvation, etc. And um, 
and, and the belt actually, we, he starts off with a belt. The thing is, the belt encompasses the waist. And the question is, does truth encompass us everywhere we go? When our convictions are challenged, when someone has another truth, is our truth encompassing the way that we live? In every, in every time, every season, are we encompassed? Does, the, does the, the belt encompass our waist the same way that truth encompasses us? Does it keep us? question is, is God's truth your keeper? I'd love, to, I'd love to be someone that can always say, God's truth is my keeper. God's truth is my keeper. Is that something you want to say in your life? Yeah, you got a question. Yeah, for sure. Yes. For sure. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's an amazing question. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. I would say I would say truth always wins because truth is is life. Truth is so it wins in the sense of its fruit. But if you, it depends what you, the way you, because the question's amazing. Depends what you mean by your question. If you mean, do people always choose truth? Evidently not. You know what I mean? So like, there's destruction in this earth. The destruction in this earth is evidence to the fact that we don't come in line with the truth at all times. You know, like there's two wills. There's there's the perfect will of the Father, and that brings us life and life abundant. And then there's the will of the enemy. There's the fallen. There's what we choose. There's the gospel-centered. I mean, there's a human-centered gospel, and that's where we see destruction. Hundred percent, I would say yes, and I, I reckon in your heart the reason you ask that is you you sense that as well because truth, yeah, hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent, yeah, that's so awesome, that's so good, yeah, so good. All right, so truth is my keeper. Let's say God's truth is my keeper. Say it again. God's truth is my keeper. God's truth is my keeper. Let's read this Ephesians chapter six verse ten. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. This is where you, you check out the, um, the armor of God. You get the inventory here. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Let me read it to you. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Everybody say strong. strong. Do you want to be strong in the Lord? Yeah. I want to be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Everyone say power. power. There is power in the armor of God. Put on the full armor of God. Not just one piece. You actually can't wear one piece of the armor of God without the other. It comes together as a package. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in this heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. It says it again. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And it continues on with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and lastly, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And it's interesting to take a look at this because you can't have one without the other. The helmet of salvation only comes by knowing the truth. 
You cannot receive faith, which comes by hearing the word of God, without hearing the word of God, which is truth. In everything, it starts with truth. And, that, truth, and that's why truth is the beginning of the full armor of God in your life. And what does the full armor of God equal? It equals living a triumphant life. That's what the scripture is saying here. And um, I wanted to take a, a quick sort of uh, sidestep into the Roman times and have a look at the, the Roman armory back then of um, the, the Roman soldiers. They had a belt around them. Without a belt, they would not be able to carry their sword. Likewise, our sword, the sword of spirit, needs a sheath. You can't come out whipping your sword without the truth found in your life. The truth is our salvation. Can I get an amen? All right, so what do we know? Quick wrap up. There is only one truth. Everybody say one. one. Jesus says, I am, as we heard this morning, I am truth. He says, I am way, I am truth, I am life. He's a very expression of truth. There is one truth and one truth alone. Jesus, if you ever got a question about what's true, what's not, Jesus is perfect theology. You study his life, you see the way he lived, what he demonstrated as he walked. That is truth. That is truth. Here's the trouble. When we don't quite understand the answers that life chucks at us or the questions that life chucks at us, we get a little bit confused and that's when a human-inspired gospel comes about. When we start to answer in our own means and with our own wisdom, we start to create a gospel that cannot stand. And that's what leads us to destruction. Actually, there's a verse um, that I've got, I think, on the next slide. Um, it's mentioned in Proverbs. It's actually mentioned in Proverbs twice. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 and 16, verse 25. It says, There is a way which seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There is a culture and a society today in this earth that are convinced of the good that is coming out of their subjective truth. There is a culture today that is conv- sorry, excuse me. Uh, there is a culture that is convinced of the truth that they believe and they believe that it'll bring them good. But you know what? You take that to the end and it only leads to death. It only leads to death. When you pray and you don't receive healing or you feel like you're going through a season where you cannot hear his voice, when, when a loved one dies, don't say maybe it was their timing or God just wanted another angel in heaven. All, all, firstly, all that does is does more damage to the person because they're grieving and they're hurting. The second thing is that's us explaining away something that we're not quite sure about. And we create a false truth and a false gospel. And we say things like, it must have been their time. But you know what? It's okay to say, I don't know. I think we need to say, I don't know a little bit more in our Christian lives. There is truth and it is fully expressed in Christ. But as we grow in revelation, it's only then that truth is revealed. Even Jesus said as he left, he left with a departing message saying, there's so much more I want to reveal to you, but we've run out of time pretty much. So I will send you the spirit of truth. And that's who we have today, the Holy Spirit, and we grow in truth. Amen? Yeah. Everybody say, I don't, know. I don't know. It's okay to say, I don't know. Often we want to explain why, because we feel it actually comforts people. Uh, but often we actually create more damage into the future, right? We create gospel out of human wisdom, that thing that seems right unto a man, but the ends of which is death. And it, and it can't stand up, because it's a false gospel. We, re- we try and reconstruct a more suitable, relevant Christianity, but it won't. Hold up. So good. Power. 
These are the things that keep you, keep, keep, your, keep you from being found with your pants down around your ankles, right? Like you got, it's the belt of truth. For when the day of evil comes, you can stand. Don't believe what the world has to say. Don't believe what your doubts have to say. Hold strong. Cool, cool, cool. All right, well, God's truth. I want to share five guiding truths. Um, I think we're going to go on to the slides. The first thing I want to share, these five expressions that I found in Jesus that I believe um, can be used as a belt in your life. Number one is the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That Satan's will is death, but Jesus' will is life. We need, to, we need to start with that foundation. A categorizing of what happens in the world and who's to blame for what happens in the world. Do you know that? Because, because of what God has said, we can actually attribute every bit of good, even the good done by unbelievers to God. Because it says in Scripture that every good thing comes down from the Father of lights. I think it's in James chapter 1. Let me quickly read it. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after the desires conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when he's full grown, give birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every, say every. Every, every good and perfect gift is from above. Not God gives good gifts. God just gives good gifts. No, it's actually attributing every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. I'm so happy that God doesn't change. He doesn't keep us guessing. He's good and He's always good. He's good yesterday, today, and forever. He is good. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says that I have come to bring life. Let me read this to you. This is a power message. Feel free to write some of this stuff down. These are truths that you can use to equip yourself with. John chapter 10, this is Jesus speaking. And he says, this thief is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It actually says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's the will of Jesus, that we would have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks and the flock is scattered. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and the sheep knows me. This is the character of God. How can we blame the bad that happens in this world on a shepherd that is loving, that is gracious, that only has good to give. That only has good to give. So if God only has good to give, and if all good comes from Him, I start to live my life praising Him for everything. When I live my life praising Him for everything, it shifts the way that I think and I see and I walk. I praise Him for my family. I praise Him for my friends. I praise Him for my hot babe wife sitting here in the front row that I get to go home to. I praise Him for all portos. Can I get an amen? I praise Him for healing. I praise Him for freedom. I praise Him for financial breakthrough, for forgiveness. I praise Him for this church. You know, I praise Him for you guys. I love, I love having family with you guys. You guys are amazing. I love that I get to see you week in, week out, and we get to do life together. I praise Him for all the good in your life. And if you hold on to these Truths, if you, if, if you bound them around your waist, they are the life to your bones. Yeah. 
like, if you do it the wrong way, it stuffs things up badly. I didn't, I'm not the best with cars. Um, and luckily, my father-in-law, he used to work for NRMA. But um, for me, even charging a battery, who he knows how to charge a car battery? Oh, wow. See, we don't even have that many. Look at the younger generation doesn't even know. Look. I wasn't sure, so I Googled it, then I YouTubed it, and I watched a video of a guy putting the red to the red and the black to the back, the black. And, um, and the thing is, if you plug in the red to the black, positive to the negative, and the negative to the positive, you damage the battery, and you actually also damage all the electricals connected to the battery. And sometimes what we do is we attribute some of the bad to God. And we say things like, maybe it's a part of His sovereign will. And we attribute and we say, oh, God taught an amazing lesson to me through this. Or he gave this to me to teach me humility. I was, I was, I was losing, I lost finances and, and God gave that to me so I would learn to, to live in that. No, that's not the way it works. That is not the way it works. All evil comes from the enemy, from the thief. Everybody say positive goes to positive. And negative goes to negative. Credit Jesus with life and the enemy with death, Satan with death. The second truth that I want to go into is you might be wondering, well then, what happens when I do see testimony out of those troubled times? Second truth is, what Satan meant for evil, Jesus redeems for good. What Satan meant for evil, Jesus redeems for good. It's important to understand that it's not God bringing about something in our life to teach us something. But he uses what the enemy meant for our harm, he uses that to bless us. Why is that important? Because all of a sudden, you start attributing all the pain in your life to God. You start to realize, man, that's a bit of an abusive father. Why would I want to worship an abusive, you know, manic God? That's not the God we worship. That is not the God we worship. So number two, when Satan meant for evil, Jesus redeems for good. We see this truth realized um, from early on, all throughout Scripture. Familiar on the beginning, we actually see it in Genesis as well, with the story where Joseph was sold into slavery. Joseph was sold into slavery, and um, later on, jo- Joseph ends up being the king, that, uh, or actually a servant to the king, who ends up putting uh, enough, uh, he, he organizes um, enough food to feed all the, all the cities of the nearby towns in a time of famine, where there was seven years of famine. And um, so the, the brothers come, and they realize that they, you know, throwing Joseph into slavery, they felt guilty and all that. And this is uh, Joseph speaking to them. He says, as for you, You meant evil against me. This is in Genesis 50 verse 20, if you want to write that down. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God used it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Romans 8 as well is emphasized. Romans 8 verse 28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things, everybody say all things. All things work together for good for those who are called according to His purposes. It's important that we as believers come to a place where we understand God brings good, the enemy brings evil, but God will take that evil, turn it around for good. Amen? Sometimes when bad, bad things happen, we convince ourselves it's part of His good sovereign will, but it's not. It is not. Turn to someone next to you and just say, God's going to turn that around. Say it with a little bit more emphasis. Come on. God's going to turn that around. God's going to turn that around. Before we rocked up here in Leichhardt, we were in a little suburb called Mortlake. And um, we were in Mortlake, and um, we found out, um, I think through letter or something like that, I don't know if they called, but that um, we had to leave the building 
within a couple of weeks originally, right? It was like, a, I don't know how many weeks it was. And um, we needed to look for a church building. Like straight away, that can strike fear into you, right? You're like, how am I supposed to move about 250, 300 people from one suburb and then find another building within four weeks, sign a lease, all, of it, all that sort of stuff, and um, all within four weeks? So like, no way. Um, but God's going to turn that around, amen? God's going to turn that around. What ends up happening is we have favor with the people, with the, the landlords. They end up extending our um, time there for us to look for a building. And we find this building, amazing building in Laika, which blessed us for about three years, I think it was. But we moved here and we met all you beautiful people. And so many people have been added to this church since that day. And even since moving here, we saw people um, launched into authority that weren't walking in that authority before. God used what the enemy meant for evil, turns it around for our good. He really, there's so many people that are in leadership today due to a shift that took place in our church. There's mindsets that have, and cultures that have been deposited into us. Okay, I've got to move forward. Everybody say, God's going to turn that around. I bought a cat when I first got married, and the cat came with ringworms. And it, affected, it, it infected me and my wife, and I was looking after the cat. Vanessa went to sleep, and I would stay up late putting like cream on the cat and washing the cat. And then Vanessa would wash the cat in the bath. She'd get scratches all up her arm. And you know what? God's going to turn that around for good. And he taught me that we ain't having kids straight away, not for a long time. God's going to turn that around for good. Amen? Awesome. Romans 6, verse 23, write this down. I'll read it out to you. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is death. So death comes by sin. But if you trade your sin to Jesus, what belongs to you? Eternal life. Eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So don't confuse the source of death. It is sin. It's the enemy. It's evil. The source of eternal life and all good things is Jesus and Jesus alone. God will take what the enemy meant for ruin in your life and turn it around for good. Have a look for it. Start searching it out. Where the enemy is coming to attack you, in Isaiah 43, 19, it says, Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. How do you see streams in a wasteland? And the challenge is, do you perceive it? Because he is doing it. In the midst of your pain and your struggle, God turns it around for good. I feel like I'm doing a bit of a, a dance. It's good. Awesome. Moving on. Look for it. Moving on to number three. Truth number three. You have access to heaven. This is a big one. This is a big one. And such a, a large portion of the church don't even get this yet. And we're even us, we're still walking into this and what this means. For me, I'm just like, if I realize that I truly have access to heaven, me, I was just having a quick chat with Robbie just before this, how crazy it is to think that we would, we would be completely different beings. We would be completely different beings. But beings. And Dad said this morning, we've got to really believe or what we really believe. I like the way you put that. We've got to really believe what we really believe. Number three is you have access to heaven. We get a glimpse into God's game plan for this world in Matthew chapter 6 when Jesus starts to pray. He gives us an insight. He gives us a look into his prayer life. And this is what the Lord prays. It's in Matthew chapter 6. Feel free to turn there with me. I love it. It's, we can take the time for that. Matthew chapter 6. If you've got your Bibles. Matthew chapter 6 verse 9. Who knows what, how this one starts? Anybody know? How does it start? 
Our Father. Everybody say, Our Father. Father. Starts with, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the way that Jesus starts his prayer. His opening lines of his prayer is, Our Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. What's his will? For it to be on earth as it is in heaven. If this is the will of the Father, if this is the will of Jesus, then it is truth. It's a truth. It's a truth that we can use to tie our belts a little tighter in our life. That we can understand that the things that belong in heaven also belong in our lives. Peace, freedom, liberty, sound mind, healing even, financial breakthrough. You know, in heaven, there's, there's and, and, and it's interesting because... Um, People have been offended by this in the past, that God can bless His people. But God doesn't pave the streets in heaven with gold for no reason. He believes, He doesn't believe in lack. What, what's, what, if, okay, let's go back to truth number one. Death comes from the enemy. Life comes from Jesus. Is lack death or is it life? It's life. I mean, lack is death. <laughs> gotcha. See for listening. <laughs> Awesome. Let's continue on. Here's the secret. Jesus died to get heaven into you. Todd White says this cool thing. He says, if you uh, gave your life to Jesus, you prayed, if the whole reason was just to get you to heaven uh, and you prayed this prayer, the, the sinner's prayer or whatever, you're like, Jesus, I give you my life, yada, yada. What would happen is all of a sudden you just, you pray that prayer and you zip straight up into heaven so that you'd be safe from anything that could come against you that might shake your faith. That's not the case. The case is he died to get heaven into you. You now have access to heaven. There was a reason that when Jesus died, that the temple veil was torn in two. And in in, in, in you read in the Gospels that when Jesus died, there was a temple in which God's presence used to live. That there, was, there was a bit of a, they actually had to create the temple to mirror exactly what heaven looked like. And now what God says is that you're the temple. Which means you now mirror what heaven looks like. You are vessels of heaven. And if you've heard that song, um, make me a vessel, make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. He wants you to be heaven on earth. Amen? That's truth number three. And that, that helps us. The reason why that's so important is because it grounds us. It reminds us when tough things come that we can actually come against it, number one. And it also reminds us of our, um, our uh, what's it called, value and everything like that. So anyway, let's continue on. Um, number, everybody, before we continue on, ah, is this good? Is this making sense? So good. He was crucified for our salvation, saved, healed, whole, delivered. He's amazing. Everybody say, I have access to heaven. I have access to heaven. You know, when you go to an airport and um, you have to pay for checked in luggage, but there's those people, people like me, they like to stuff in as much as they can so they carry on luggage so they don't have to pay extra. for. Um, can I get an amen? amen. Jetstar, can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> awesome. Um, we just booked um, Air Asia for a holiday later on, and apparently there's no food, there's no um, movies, there's no any carry-on only. You pay $120 if you want to check in your luggage. Anyway, um, so the thing is, people, people, you see it in the airport. The, the suitcases are stuffed. They're packed full, and, um, and they're carrying, you kind of notice, and their aim is to not be noticed by, you know, the attendees, and they just want to get it on, not pay the extra. But let me tell you something. 
You are a carrier of heaven. What it looks like to be a carrier of heaven is that no matter what you do to try and hide it, if you're truly a carrier of heaven, you're going to be turning heads. You're going to be turning heads. You won't be able to hide it because heaven bursts at the seams. It's an overflow thing. There's a weight to your life when heaven is on your life. You can't hide it when you allow it to flow. You enjoy the benefits of peace, joy, freedom, wisdom, vision, purpose. People look to you for heaven. They're like, what, how are you experiencing heaven on earth? People look over you thinking, what on earth is this guy carrying? Truth number three is you're packing that heaven, heaven on earth carry on. You're packing that heaven on earth carry on. Amen. Have you packed your carry on? Number four, all things are possible. Say all things. All things are possible. Mark chapter 9. I'm chucking out scripture because this is where truth is found. Mark chapter 9 verse 14. It says, When they came to the other disciples, this is a story of Jesus working the impossible. Working the impossible. He's doing what others would see is impossible. Check this out. It's an amazing miracle. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. So there's all this commotion. They've just come down from a mountain of prayer and Jesus sees commotion. And he says, what are you arguing with them about? He asked. A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. When it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Jesus replies, you unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy, how long has it been? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if, everybody say if. This, this freaked Jesus out. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If I can, Jesus replies, if I can, everything is possible for him who believes. And then Jesus goes on to heal this boy. And he says, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him, never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. Then Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up to his feet and he stood up. Jesus made the impossible possible. All things are possible in Jesus. That's a truth. That's a truth that we live by. When it looks like you've run to a dead end in your life, all things are possible. God can still provide. When it looks like the company's about to run into bankruptcy, you know what? All things are possible. When you're looking for a job and it hasn't come through yet, and you feel like, man, am I ever going to find a job? All things are possible. When you've been praying for healing for years and you feel like you've yet to see it happen, all things are still possible. Truth doesn't change because our experience has changed. Um, the church today has chosen excuse in exchange for evidence. The church today has chosen excuse in exchange for evidence. What I mean by that is that often what we do is we excuse why we don't yet see the fullness of the truth rather than pursuing the truth itself. We've chosen excuse in exchange for evidence, and it's not good. It's actually boring. <laughs> all things are possible. Everybody say, all things are possible. All things are 
This, and this is happening today. We had on, uh, on Friday night at youth, Tommy gave a word, a word of knowledge um, about th- uh, thyroid issues. And I think two people came up in a crew of like, what, 20 kids or something like that. I don't know. It's tiny. That's daunting. Let's finish off. Um, last truth that I wanted to share is that you are like no other. You are like no other. This is a truth that you need to really buckle around your waist because the world's coming for that truth. The world's really coming for that truth. There is no one like you, and your identity is found in Christ. So many people are looking in this mirror that the, the Word of God is seen and Jesus is seen as a mirror. It's referred to in Scripture as a mirror through which we look into the mirror and we behold ourselves becoming like Christ. But it's, it's funny. It's, um, so many of us, we read the Word, we go to church, but we, yet we don't see who we've actually been called to be. I got this, this cute, who loves scrolling through Facebook and you see those, like there's so many videos on Facebook, you just, you get lost watching videos. But I love like seeing like uh, cute videos of animals and cute videos of babies because one day me and Vanessa are going to have a baby. And um, one day, not anytime soon. Not yet, not yet. Um, I want to show you this, this so super cute, funny video. It's of babies uh, discovering themselves in the mirror for the first time. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Everybody say, aww. Nah, I'm not going to have a baby yet. That's right. Vanessa, would you like to have a baby? I'm joking. I'm joking. All right. I think you can just watch these cute videos all day. <laughs> ah, that's so cute. Amazing. Let's give it up for the babies. Um, <laughs> it's, it's actually interesting to watch them. It's so cute. But it's actually, what's really interesting is that apparently... Uh, most studies suggest that they don't even actually recognize themselves in the mirror as them until around 18 months. So they, they, the reason they're interacting like that is because they see another baby. They're like, what's this baby? And they're going in for the kiss and all that sort of stuff. And they're not kissing themselves. So um, yeah, so th- that's the thing. They kind of, they, they, they look in and they're like, man, what's going on? Um, why did I show you that? Because it's cute. That's true. It takes knowing who we are, what we have, and how we work to walk in the identity that we have. And sometimes what we do is we look in the mirror like those babies, and uh, we see someone else. We see Jesus. But Jesus is saying, this exciting picture you're seeing in the mirror, this amazing thing is you. It's you. Now, that's a, that's a belt to buckle around your, ra- your waist, right, in today's um, society. So these are the five guiding truths. You've got Satan's will is death. Jesus' will is life. What Satan meant for evil, Jesus redeems for good. Number three, you have access to heaven. Number four, all things are, pos- are possible. And lastly, for you, are like no other. And I want to go back up these. And I wanted to show you that each of these is actually the key to a particular truth. The fifth one is the key to the truth of, next slide, Kristen, your identity. That is the key to the truth of your identity. Knowing that all things are possible, next slide, is the key to the truth of your ability. You have access to heaven. Knowing that is the key to the truth of your inheritance. 
Number two, what Satan meant for evil, Jesus redeems for good, is the key to the truth of your story. And the thing is, you need to know all of these, but you won't get any of these without starting at number one, which Satan's will is death, Jesus' will is life. It reveals to us the truth of our God. If we can't start with the truth of our God, if we can't establish the foundation, the truth of our God and who He is, which is revealed to us both in Scripture and through the life of Jesus, we've messed up. We're not going to find the truth of our story. We're not going to find the truth of our inheritance or our ability or our identity. And that's why today, in, in today's world, you've got a people that are crying out. They're saying, I don't know my identity. They're seeking, they're creating identities today. Every day, there's a new gender and a sexual orientation. Every day, there's a new belief system, a new religion, a new club. People long for identity. People long for their abilities to be acknowledged. People long to grow in all of this, but it starts with knowing the truth of our God. Amen? Proverbs 14, I'll say it again. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end is death. The truth is what sets you free. Not the opinion of man, not the truth of this world, the the non-absolutistic view, but the absolute truth of Jesus Christ. Don't tolerate what Jesus paid a a high price to free you from. Lean on biblical truths. Even when you don't see it, continue to lean because the absolute truth, Jesus is the surest foundation. Amen. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.